Tuz Biber FM Hello, can I see your passports please? So welcome, another episode of Passport Comedy Podcast folks, we are Woo! here, yay, <laughs> a lot of excitement. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's like Parkinson disease clap. I don't get it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, claps. A lot of mentally ill people try to clap our episode starting oh uh, today. <laughs> oh, Parkinson's <laughs> isn't <laughs> mental health right. issue. <laughs> Those are two unrelated sentences. You just made a connection. It's on you. But anyways, Passport Comedy Podcast. Everyone, we are interviewing comedians and the creators all around the world today. I am here joined by. Aaron Crouch and Robbie Akun and also helping Nilfer. me co-host Nilüfer Yücey. Yay. Thank you guys so much for coming to Tuzibar FM Studios. We are so excited to have you here. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourselves? Maybe Rabia, you want to go first? Sure. So like you said, my name is Rabia. I <laughs> am American, but I live in London. I've lived in London since The beginning of 2020, so good timing, of course. Right the, after pandemic. Right before. Before. Yeah, so I like spent the pandemic in a studio flat in London, uh, which was fine. And then I started doing comedy about just over three years ago, I guess, and um, probably did more in lockdown than I've done out of lockdown so far. <laughs> But yeah, and so it's and it's great to be in Istanbul. It's really cool. You started back in the States. Yeah, I was in San Diego, so I started in the States and then moved to London, and so I've been I've been working the the open mics over there and some of the other gigs um, up in like Liverpool and Manchester and stuff like that. It's been awesome. That's great. Erin, how about you? Um, yeah, so so I'm Erin. Uh, I'm from the States as well. I'm actually from Alaska, uh, but I've been living in Germany since 2019. I got there about six months before the pandemic. So <laughs> I saw like, I don't know, a few things. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and I started doing comedy six years ago. I actually started in Estonia. Estonia. Uh, yeah, in wow. Estonia and Tallinn. Uh, and at the time, you know, the scene was really, really small there, but the scene has actually grown a lot. Um, I went back for Tallinn Fringe uh, in August. I um, mean, I got to do, I got to headline the opening show of the Fringe and it was, wow. it was dope. It was so, so good. Cool. And the venue there is so good too. It's called Heldike and it's a former brothel. Mm. Um, they have like a, <laughs> they have a sauna in the back. And on Wednesdays, you're allowed to like be in the bar and hang out in the sauna or whatever. And they have a great stage. Um, so, so it was dope. really fun. Is it, is it a co-ed sauna it is yeah oh wow <laughs> yes sexy yes yes <laughs> so this is gonna be relevant to our listeners by the time we edit this episode <laughs> oh, but yeah. uh, rabia and erin is here for uh, doing shows and also visiting istanbul as tourists right yeah, yeah. and uh, they did shows with tb english comedy and also uh, a split show i think uh, good luck so far i think Last night we had the English uh, ladies English comedy night yeah. with you guys. How did you feel? I really enjoyed it. I thought it was super fun. It was great to meet the local comics, um, and the audience was was really good. They were really into what we were doing, and I just I had a really good time. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and I was nervous about some material how it would go over or just just how things would work, and it was it was good. And the audience was great, and I think kind of forced some fans to take a photo with us by accident. <laughs> I didn't mean to, and I was like, you That's want a photo with us? Yeah. So yeah, and it was really it was really cool. So, and just, it's fun to do comedy somewhere else, but then being an all-female lineup, too, I felt that that was really good, and some feedback from other comics was just that it was nice to be on that kind of lineup, too. What material were you worried about? Well, so I, I do a bit just about my name, and, um, and 
my last name specifically is a racial slur in other countries and i would say america know, specifically. america yeah. yeah specifically america i mean they they're they're good at racial slurs can like you if, help me out i don't you i'm don't? not aware of it really coon yeah so what it's just it? another it's it's a derogatory term i mean it was used in like tom sawyer and huck finn that book for example and it's my last name and so i've i've um i try to diffuse it by um, I mean, it's not a big deal because the punchline's known by people who've seen my comedy, and if they didn't have it, it's fine. But Robbie Akun, my name is unique because it's both ethnic and racist at the same time, right? <laughs> and so I was worried about that, and so I had to explain it a little bit. Um, so I was worried about that one specifically. And then also just I do talk a little bit quickly, and I don't think that's always good if someone's if people aren't. Especially uh, the audience. If the audience's second language is English. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I tried to slow it down a little bit, and that kind of thing. But I think that was one that usually hits really well. So it's hard for me when it doesn't. So I was worried about it, but everything went fine. I mean, not everything hit, but I was okay with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just to be sure who is getting offended by Kuhn. So I don't say black, in the black wrong folks. place. Black it's folks. A, it's, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, okay. it's not a good, another word. one in the list then. All right. That's, uh, I guess you don't know. Cause it's not a thing in the UK. Like, right. Probably not in the rest of the no, world. The UK knows it. UK knows it. Yeah. They're, <laughs> They're pretty handy with yeah. racism as well. Slurs, yeah. I learned my slurs from South Park as I grew up, so that's how I know how it's offensive or not. Right. <laughs> If Eric Cartman is using it, then it's offensive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's it's one of those things where people would say it, and so I, I addressed it when I started doing comedy. It's one of those things. I don't know if you want to keep talking about it, but do you know where it comes from? Like, why is it like... Y'all, your ancestors were a bunch of slave owners. Like, oh, the last name? No. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is gets into the. Hey, hey. Why? <laughs> Probably. I mean. No, no, <laughs> no. Because my, so I'm actually my dad. My real, my biological father's from Lebanon. This is my stepdad's last name, mm. and I won't get into all of it. But right. one reason I'm on stage is because of. You know, child issues from childhood. Of course, uh, but of course, but we want my this to be light and fun. Yeah, yes. it's my yeah. stepdad's last name, <laughs> and so I don't know. And he would never. We Is would. He black? We would. No. Oh. No. He's no. He he's from Detroit, and he would just always like when we would have those projects where you have to do like what your ancestry is. And my brother always. It was also my brother's stepdad, but my brother always tried to get him. Oh, Dad, you know where are you guys from? And he's like Michigan. And then where from before that? He'd like Michigan. So he'd never tell us. So I have no idea. Oh, you don't know? <laughs> That's weird. Oh wow. No, and <laughs> it'll never be known. Apparently, I'll have to change my name and then know where that name came from. Yes. <laughs> 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 That's great. Uh, <laughs> That's great. That's uh, good talk, guys. <laughs> good talk. Thank you so much. <laughs> weird <laughs> that's also weird great and weird at i'm the gonna same put time. that on posters from now on all right that's weird Murat. <laughs> i hear that a lot i don't know if it's a coincidence is this is the problem with me i don't know am i the weird one What or everybody else people say that's weird Murat. Uh, <laughs> for the most things i do no it's you <laughs> it's definitely about you okay okay good to know good to know the world is a safe place without me okay i'm gonna off myself soon Don't worry about that, guys. <laughs> okay, you off Just me, all right. <laughs> Taking attention, I'm sorry. I look forward to having all this like racist talk and like killing yourself, but we're like, ah, this comedy. is all so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah comedy. We, we should be able to make uh, fun and light about this, right? I don't know. Well, <laughs> I feel like I'm really afraid of what the next thing we're going to talk about is. Like, they're looking at me and I'm like, oh, no. Let's go. 
So Aaron, how did you start doing stand-up comedy, especially in Estonia, where there was no competition? That was the trigger point. Yeah, right. right. I was like, I wanted to start in a place where no one had anything to compare it to. <laughs> no. I, I am to set the best comic in Estonia right now because exactly. no one else is doing it. Exactly. Pretty much, yeah. No, no. I just I went to like um, an open mic. Like I had never been to. You know, I always liked comedy. I watched it on TV, and I had been to live shows and things like that. But I had never thought of doing it myself. Um, and then there was this English language open mic and in Estonia there wasn't like all that many English language things to do at the time and so I was like oh I'll go check it out and I saw it and you know the guys that went up they were like they were okay but I was like you know I think I'm funny I think I'm funnier than them <laughs> let's see <laughs> and so I asked the organizer like could I go up and he was like sure yeah. negative reinforcement yeah, works right exactly <laughs> so I went up and I actually had a really good set like the first time which never happens and it was like not to be repeated again for another year <laughs> that I did that well but <laughs> After the first time, I was like, yeah, yeah, I can do this. Um, yeah. And then we met. We went back to the States from Estonia um, after a couple of years in Estonia there. And when I came back, you know, I thought like, oh, I've been doing comedy for a while. But the difference between doing like two open mics a month in Estonia versus living in the Seattle area where you could go to, you know, mics every night of the week was a really huge change. And Maybe I, multiple open mics every night. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Multiple open nights, uh, open mics every night. And, um, you know, and just the level and also all my jokes were about being American in Estonia mm. and so that material obviously is not going to hit very well with people in Seattle they don't care they don't even know where Estonia is and they're all Americans so no jokes about Americans are funny to them so yeah I had to like start over and write my own new material and everything um what years were you in Seattle I was in the Seattle area we lived in Portland for the first year and then we moved to Tacoma which I now refer to as Seattle because it sounds better uh, okay. uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> the greater Seattle area yes the greater Seattle area <laughs> depending on how cool you want to be it extends like all the way down but we were there from like 2018 to when we moved to Germany it's like another year and a half after that so we spent about three three years in the area there of okay. the, the Pacific Northwest okay I, I have a friend Stephen who does comedy in Seattle, but... What's his last name? Uh, I think Wright. Stephen Wright. No, I don't know. He ran away from Savannah. <laughs> <laughs> Good for him. For reasons I probably should not disclose. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he goes by a new name now. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> that's very probable. <laughs> he, he broke into... Whatever. Uh, Stephen, <laughs> if you are listening to this podcast, Nilifer is still looking for you. Uh, so hide to a new place. No, <laughs> now it sounds like he broke into... He, he was able to break into my house when I forgot my key. And that's that's a memory. Oh, wow. I have that story had a positive turn. Had nothing okay. to do with him leaving. He's a locksmith and a comic. What's wrong with that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Well, normally, comics don't have any other skills, so that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, useful to have a friend who knows how to break into your house. Yeah, it was nice. It was like, yeah. cool. Thanks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> if you are looking for a new friend who knows how to break into houses, oh, man. just come up to me next time. All right. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> That's weird, Marat. <laughs> I hear it a lot, and I kind of try uh, beginning to enjoy hearing this, so I might do more weird things to hear this more. <laughs> But yeah, thanks for sharing that and uh, obviously for doing a lot of uh, comedy in different cultures and different countries. Uh, did you ever do comedy in a second language? Uh, yeah, I um, I used to do Russian every once in a while. I speak Russian too. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I used to do it sometimes um, when I was in Estonia and in, in Latvia. Um, 
in Riga, they have a pretty good Russian scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I haven't done it in a long time. It, it's different because you can't just do the same joke in another language. Like you guys know that, right? Because you do both. I do. You do both. <laughs> well, it depends. Yeah. Like some you I can do. take the idea and like do it. Yeah. But I mean, I sometimes it's just not as funny. Change it, but yeah. Yeah. Or sometimes there's something that's like way more funny in one of the languages mm-hmm. than it is in the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to kind of tool it up. And I yeah. never spent as much time getting it right. And now I haven't done it in a long time. So I kind of I think about returning to it. But now seems like a bad time. We to go actually back have to a Russian. growing <laughs> r- Russian scene here. Comedy scene. I know. Russian open mics started uh, like yeah. they are doing it frequently now. Some of my Russian stand up friends now live in Istanbul. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Cool. How about you, Rabia? I, I can only speak English. <laughs> um, you I said it like you are ashamed of yourself. It, it was a bit shameful. I mean, I did. Uh, yeah, I mean, I learned Spanish in high school, but only two years, and I would always get in trouble in class for being a smart aleck and stuff like that. So I never learned the other language. No, it is. I think it is actually. Yeah, it's not good to only know one language. Actually, so you are trying to learn British English now. It, <laughs> yeah, that's a mess. Second. To be yeah. honest, they they want to change the spelling of every word, and it's ridiculous. So, yeah. <laughs> How American of you. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> are you subject to a lot of stereotypes in the open mic scene in UK? Like uh, she is American, so she doesn't know this and stuff and that. I yeah, I mean, people definitely. They, you just have, I don't know if I'm subject to stereotypes, but I think a lot of people just make jokes about Americans and you just have to yeah. kind of sit there and be like, oh, okay. And some of them, it's like, I know I've read more. Uh, they're talking have. about <laughs> others, others, not me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just kind of ignore it. I mean, and I don't tend to t- have a go with the British people when I'm doing stand up in England because it's just, I don't know. I'm, I'm living in their country. I'm not from there. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't get too many stereotypes on me, but I will go up after someone just, completely annihilated America on their set. And it's uh. kind of weird to go, oh, hey, guys, I'm American. I hope you don't hate me because you clearly hate America, <laughs> but it's fine. They actually love if you piss on them, uh, piss off, what? I don't know. Piss them the off? Brits. Piss them off. Like, <laughs> roast direction is, is the piss. Take the piss. Like, oh, you take it or you give it? No, no, they want to, if you I take the piss, I it's think. In, yeah, UK slang, taking the piss. Yeah, take the piss. But if you piss on them, that's, that's some. Not that's a, the opposite. That's you have to like physically a, pissing on them. Yeah, and that's a different dating app than we were talking about. On. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Another, this is weird moment <laughs> I have. But <laughs> I don't know, actually, for you, like, do you hear anything about Americans, Aaron? Like, I actually think that being American in the English scene in like Germany and Amsterdam, I think it actually gives you an advantage mm-hmm. because people watch a lot of American stand up mm. and they like yeah. when you come out, they automatically think like, oh, she must be good, good yeah. because she's, na- you know, she's a native English speaker and she has an American accent. Right. So I think it kind of pushes you ahead. But you have to be careful because like a lot of jokes about being American are very like low hanging fruit, mm-hmm. you know, and everybody's heard like 15 jokes about how Americans don't speak other languages or how Americans yeah. don't do this or they don't do that. And unless you have like a really funny take on that, mm-hmm. I get bored of listening to jokes by Americans about America. Yeah, it can yeah. be hacky. Uh, yeah. It can be super hacky. Yeah, and it's kind of like we're Americans who aren't living over there. And, and like, I mean, Aaron's really well traveled, speaks a couple languages, stuff like that. I've traveled enough and I'm definitely not that kind of American, quote unquote, that they are talking about. So it's kind of interesting. And I think the one thing in the UK, there are a lot of American comics. So it's kind of, oh, yeah. you have to yeah. do Less something so else. in Germany. Yeah. Less it, so. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's overgeneralizing anyways, every country, each race has their own, I don't know, uh, ignorant people or mm-hmm. uh, fits into the stereotype. If you find, uh, if you look hard, you can find people who will fit the stereotype. Yeah. Yeah. 
but I, I know I have a lot of American friends and none of them fit the yeah. bill. Yeah, and I agree with Aaron. Like, it gets, the tropes get old, like, unless you're doing it in a new way, you're kind of, yeah, know, like, like you said, too hacky. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it happens pretty often in Germany that in an English lineup that I'm the only American on the lineup, mm. which I think is helpful for me because <laughs> people aren't sick yeah. of it, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. cool. Do they also make jokes about American stereotypes like they do in UK with Rabia being there and observing that? Did you observe that in Germany? Not so much. I mean, I don't really find that they focus on that. Like, yeah. I feel like in the UK, because I did some shows in the UK, too, and I feel like that's a special point of the British comedy is to, to, to do this thing. Uh, yeah. But it's not the point of German comedy. Like, German people ra- would rather make fun of France or, like, <laughs> you know. Are there's they so still many angry other about all the teas you dumped into the ocean? <laughs> <laughs> they might be. That's why they That's yeah. why they correct my spelling all the time <laughs> <laughs> and pronunciation. But yeah. back to the UK. I've been in uh, London. I lived in London for four years. Nice. And uh, I know they, they love, they have in their culture roasting. Yeah. They roast each other a lot, too. So maybe... Uh, Talking shit about them will work next time. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if I have something they to love say, it. I I am there partly because I I love I love it there, right? Yeah. And so yeah, I guess if I have something, it's more like I just kind of complain to my friends. Maybe like I'm tired <laughs> of the passive aggressive stuff or whatever. But it's kind of like if I lived in Minnesota, it'd be the same thing in the U.S. I'd be tired of it, you know. Yeah. Um, they're yeah. not very direct. I'd say is the thing, but. Um, yeah, yeah. If I think of material, I'll do it for sure. So I'm not afraid to insult them. I guess they're. I don't think they're very easily insulted, to be honest. Yeah, they wouldn't care. Mm-mm. But doing a lot of comedy in different, uh, like dif- to different cultures, like you did in Estonia, Erin. You did to did it in Germany, Arabia. You did it in UK, and also last night in Istanbul too. Mm-hmm. So how would you compare to audiences? Uh, how did how do they react to your material? What was the best audience uh, you encountered with? You know, my my favorite like last night was great. Like that, you know, ger- the German audiences are pretty much what you what you'd expect. Um, they kind of <laughs> like to sit back and see. They're like, okay, let's see how this goes. Like, yeah, they are still I, doing internship on comedy. <laughs> like, what is a joke? Yes, exactly. And I went, <laughs> and they're you know, in Germany, a verbal contract is binding. <laughs> so some yes, yeah, so sometimes if you ask people, do you speak English? They'll be like, potentially. Like, I want to know how this is going to go before I say I do, you know? Like, and I did this show on Mother's Day, and I was doing this thing at the beginning, and I could not get anyone in the audience to admit they had a mother. I was like, is, I was like, is anybody a mother? Silence. I'm like, does anyone have a mother? They're like, silence. I'm like, somebody's going to have to pretend they have a mother so this joke can move forward. <laughs> so sometimes it's like, pull, That's tough. It's like Are they like it out. not engaged? No, they love it. At the end, they're like, that was hilarious. I'm like then why didn't you laugh yeah. <laughs> they're just very like they don't want to they don't want to be embarrassed germans are very mm, like proud. conscious about like oh what if i laugh and everyone looks or and they're also worried about like following the rules like maybe you're not this is the first show they've been maybe laughing loud is rude like they have a lot of like complexes i would say we, we so. have that here too like yeah. uh, maybe like i don't think the audience last night was like that at all but like uh, in turkish shows um uh, like my material, a lot of women enjoy my material, but here women are like embarrassed to laugh. Mm, yeah. So I'll see in the audience like they're 
enjoying themselves, but they're like closing their mouths, mm -hmm. or you know, they don't want to make too much sounds. Yes. So I, yeah, we encounter that here too. Yeah, that's that's a, a specific thing about yeah this kind of audience and kind of being embarrassed. Like one of my favorite places to do comedy is actually in Luxembourg. Um, yeah, specific, yeah. Yeah, no, so I'm, it's actually, I live about equidistance between Frankfurt and Luxembourg, and so those are my two biggest markets where I do most of my I shows see. outside of my own town. Um, and Luxembourg is amazing because it's so international. Like, when you go in there and you're like, it's like that bar in Star Wars where there's like one of every creature, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> the cantina. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you'll be like, where are you from? And they'll be like, I'm Polish, but I live in Madagascar or whatever. You know, like, they're so, and they're like, because of that, like, because they all feel like they're away from home, like, they're ready to laugh. Like, they don't care. They're not ashamed. They, you know, they're really open to everything. The only thing is that you can, like, not do any jokes that have very specific references like a, a local grocery store or something like that because everybody is from someplace else mm. um and it's it's a really really fun crowd luxembourg okay yeah take a note of this any comic if you're listening to this episode <laughs> go to luxembourg yes. yeah. 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 exactly <laughs> <laughs> also they're rich um <laughs> looking so for a pretty cool exactly uh, looking for a paid show yeah. <laughs> yeah put a show uh, for 100 euros uh, per seat <laughs> and you'll be set for life in Turkey. Yeah, <laughs> really. Yeah. Are nice. you guys enjoying the exchange rate here? Yeah, yeah, like for us, it's been, or for me at least, it's been really good because uh, we both get paid in dollars. Um, and so the, yeah. the dollar, um, <laughs> yeah, so like in the past like three years I've been in Germany, I've always been like 20% more broke than I was hoping, you know, because yeah. of the exchange rate. But <laughs> like now we're almost like one to one. And so things are turning in my favor. Yeah. yeah I'm on pounds, but Oof. it's worth the uh, same as the dollars now. Yeah. So it's, it's basically the same thing. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Because I work in, um, London for a British company, a British-based company, but it's like the same thing. It's yeah, and the the pound went down in value so much that even though the pound went down in value a lot, it's still okay here. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Oh, so. it's great here. It's great yeah. here. Yeah, yeah it's not in America, okay. I'm having a problem too now. I'm kind of annoyed, <laughs> you know. But yeah. Okay. We just can't go home. So Rabia, you mentioned you are working in UK for yeah. an. Um, American company, you said? Well, Sorry. our company is British international, so international? Um, I'm working for the British. But they're based in the UK. Yeah. Based in UK. We have people all so over. So you have like, to have a day job, right? Yeah, yeah, survive. I do. Yeah. Uh, th does it apply to you too, Erin? Yeah, I... Uh I work for um, I work for a, a, in a university that's on the military base <laughs> in Germany, um, so I work for the U.S. Uh, U.S. Yeah. government. Um, but yeah, I have to. I work part time though, so I, I can like have some time to actually do more comedy. You also organize shows in the same military base, right? I run a show on the base. Yeah, a monthly show, and it's an all American audience. <laughs> it's actually really cool. It's like if you wanted to do a show for Americans in Europe, or like if you're a comedian and you want to see what it's like to have an American audience, like that's the only place you yeah. can really do it, right? Like, um, I mean, it has its pros and cons. Uh, I have to, everybody who comes onto the base has to go through the security and get a pass, uh, which for some comedians has been a problem. Has <laughs> <laughs> there been people who like weren't able to pass? Well, through? just recently, not nobody's been turned around by Interpol or whatever. But uh, <laughs> recently, a dude I had booked realized that his passport expired like the week of my show, oh. and he had not renewed it. And I couldn't. I had to book somebody else because you can't get onto a military base with an expired passport. Right. So. But like there, there hasn't been anyone who was like nobody's been stopped at the gate. Like okay. you can't come in. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so far, not so, good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been running the show for a year. 
year and nobody has been okay. like turned around. <laughs> so does it count as a it's a, it's a boring uh, question not related <laughs> to comedy. <laughs> does it count as a US land so yes. do you have to uh, get a clearance to go into the United States? Uh, you don't need like... a visa or anything like oh, that. Like okay. the, the the base pass, and you can you know it'll be like a certain number of days. So my, for my comedians, it'll be like just that day that mm-hmm. they can come on. Um, but if you have like for example friends visiting you and you want to take them on the base or whatever, you can give them a pass for like a week or something oh. like that. But we have a hospital. My husband actually works at the hospital there. And if you have a baby in this hospital, you don't get any kind of German anything. You're it's as if you're born in the United States. Oh what? Yeah. Okay. Wow, it's interesting. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> so as a comic who is organizing shows in United States military base, what is the next point of attack uh, <laughs> of United States in the world? <laughs> I can only speak to uh, where we're moving forward with comedy. <laughs> what would it be funny to attack? Which country? <laughs> Turkey? I don't know. No, just no, yeah. enjoying this too much. Yeah, yeah. I'm asking you as a comic. We have Thanksgiving coming up. Not so. an American. Don't answer this as an American. I'm asking you as a comic. What war would be funny? U.S. Oh versus? I'm gonna have to say Luxembourg. No, Luxembourg. <laughs> They're small. We You've can take them. your audience base, them. right? <laughs> Americans and also in Luxembourg. Yeah. Under two They wouldn't see us coming. They're like pretty, pretty small, and it's pretty close. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't want to walk that far. Like, I love how Murat is scaring both of you right yeah. now. It's like I've suddenly become a pacifist completely. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know how I scared you guys. You don't. You don't have guns right now on you? <laughs> Another stereotype joke? Yes. Just Very for amusing. you. Very amusing. Yes. <laughs> hey, America. Yeah. <laughs> so we talked about different places you've been on stage and also audiences you uh, come across. And uh, can you talk a little bit more about your writing process? How do you write jokes? You want to start? Sure, sure. So a lot of times I will just have a phrase or a thought that I think is funny, like in, in just in my head. And so I'll just throw it in my notes on my phone, right? The notes app. I use the iPhone, so I have the notes app. Um, and then I'll just leave it. And sometimes it'll be for, fully formulated right then, or sometimes I'll just leave it and come back to it in a few months or even a year now. I mean, I haven't been going that long, but it's been long enough that things are for a year or more. Um, and then I don't formally sit down and write too often i'll try to and i just like fail and start it's serving. hard to do this as a when you were working in a day job right yeah yeah i mean you yeah definitely and i i try to like one thing that comedy's helped me with is just like leaving work when i'm done with work although aaron knows like i told her today it was four o'clock and i'm like this is the first time in weeks or maybe even a year that i haven't looked at my work email once in an entire day so it's pretty cool but Basically, yeah, I'll just write like sometimes I'll write a whole joke at once or I'll just have a phrase that I need to figure out how to work it into a joke or work it into a form and I'll come back to it. So it just depends. And I I do writing uh, workshops every once in a while. Like there's this free one in London called Angel Writing Gym. And so I'll go there and then you just get some exercises and then that might trigger an idea or something. So I've, I've done where I've sat down and write. Sometimes what I'll do is I'll just rewrite my jokes I know already and try to get them word for word and see how they're working if I want to fix them a little bit. And then that'll lead me to writing something else I'm in that zone. So it's kind of all over the place for me. Yeah. I wish I was one of those people who sat down every day for an hour and wrote and I'm just not, you know, I don't do anything 
other than maybe go on yeah. my phone for an hour a day <laughs> consistently. <laughs> Angel Writing Gym, is it in Bill Murray Club? Yeah, it's really cool. So it's yeah. every Sunday they do it. And it's just How is the process? Like a bunch of comics uh, get into the room and just tell new yeah, jokes one, to each other? No, no. So one, there will be a like a pro comic, someone who's been on the circuit for a long time that will lead the gym and they'll do some kind of lessons. And it depends. Like this one comic... Um, that was there she sarah isles i think it was she r was really useful but she just did a bunch of writing exercise exercises with us then we could if we we could write a minute if we wanted to based on those exercises and go up and perform it and she would just give us a little feedback um another comic philip simon he did one-liners with us and that was really cool and just on different subjects and so and those are just two examples but it's just different ones and sometimes and you can just sit there and and just be kind of writing whatever you want or you can be fully involved in answering questions and stuff but yeah. every week they'll have someone amazing who's just kind of taking time out to to talk to people and and teach some lessons yeah so. that's great mm -hmm. maybe you should we should not do that here too what do you say maybe <laughs> 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 i'm really closed off to like workshops and all that you don't like them no <laughs> I didn't. I, I don't want to hear other other people's opinions. <laughs> I didn't, no, no, but, no. It's not. Yeah. It's not about sharing opinion. Like I'm, I'm down to like get together just to write. But even that, I, I'm not. I don't. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think workshops are dangerous. Especially if you are new to the comedy. Uh, I think you should experience uh, stage time by yourself uh, at least a dozen times. Then you may check out the workshops. People have this, uh, I find them as very scammy that they start up these uh, workshops for new newbies uh, to comedy. And even before they, they've been on stage ever, they tell them how to write jokes, how to perform, how to uh, watch out for little nuances, but they... Uh, you, you have to be on stage. You have to experience stage and adrenaline on your uh, by yourself for the very first time uh, without any guidance. I think I agree on that. But yeah, and like like the feedback you get at the workshops, um, especially like not specifically by right writing your jokes, but performing. I think that can be like you. You end up getting like this feedback and it sticks with you and then you have to like unlearn yeah. it in like three years. It's it creates a chilling effect, right? No, no, no. I'm not saying like let's say I perform a joke at this workshop and someone is like, mm, the way you use your hands is blah blah blah. Oh. So then I get yeah. stuck on the way I use my hands, but maybe I should be focusing on something else. Or maybe the next yeah. time I perform I wasn't even gonna do my hands that way. And then I'm all like fixated on my hands and doing my hands that certain way. And then like two years later I realize that wait, actually that is it I should not be doing it like that, but then I've learned it in that way, so yeah. I have to unlearn it. You know what I mean? Yeah, a lot of time people after open mics or something, I, I've been doing comedy for 10 years, so they come up to me to get some feedback. And a fellow comic give me, uh, gave me a good advice. If you don't like their set, just don't tell anything bad and tell them, you should watch these specials mm -hmm. before you move on. Mm -hmm. So this is a good advice uh, before yeah. giving them a direct uh, feedback on their movements on stage or uh, choice of words you just uh, give them a direction where they can follow other great comics and mm -hmm. uh, copy things they like yeah. i think that works better 
And it's such an in individual process, like stand up, you know, like you you're doing your own material by yourself on stage. I feel like some things you just have to figure out on your own. I, I think, think so, too. I have a little bit of a different opinion in that I feel like there can be a place for this kind of like stepping stone. Like um, I actually uh, about a year ago, I was uh, working with Jess. This She's a Luxembourg comedian. And we were like bemoaning the fact that there are like no women in the scene. Like it's extremely common that a lineup will be just six men. And if there is a woman on there, it will be only one, like mm -hmm. no more. And we were disappointed. Same we're like, here. Yeah. And we're like, why aren't there any more women? Like we know a lot of funny people like we have funny friends. Why is no one doing this? Why is no one trying this? And we realized that it's it's almost like a chicken and the egg thing, right? Like if you're a woman and you go to an open mic and you're the only woman there and nobody like people were really dicks to me when I first got started too. Yeah. like dudes would I would sit down and they'd all get up and leave or something mm -hmm. like that. Like people were really aggressive. And uh, we were like, OK, what if we had a workshop where we just did like a one day thing, be like first write some jokes and it would go to an open mic on that same day. So you would have this, the whole experience of writing a joke and telling it on the stage in one day mm -hmm. in an environment where it was just Safe. other women who also wanted to do that. Oh. And it's not because you have to baby us or something like that. It's yeah. just like a way that and so we did it. We put it on Creating and it was, space. Yeah, mm -hmm. we, we uh, put on this workshop called Festrogen. <laughs> it, was a, it was a woman's festival. I named it. <laughs> Um, and we had 15 women. No, we had 17 women that showed up. And uh, after the workshop, we did it one day. Mm -hmm. um, and then we had a show that night, like a pro show. Mm -hmm. um, and we had that. But they went straight to the open mic. They all did like amazing. They wrote so their jokes were so fucking funny for mm. people who had never, you know, written jokes before. It was super mm -hmm. great. Um, and then after that, like eight of the women who had been in there formed their own mic and mm. they run it now to this day. Like they started running so it. They're and they're still it's been, doing it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And yeah. So they formed this group called Duchesses of Comedy and now <laughs> they run a regular mic and everybody who wants to be who wants to show up without it being like only men there mm -hmm. can come to their mic. Mike. And right. they, they also and we have like a really good relationship with the dudes because there's already a couple mics in Luxembourg. Mm -hmm. But yeah. they're all like really. But that was just the helping hand that they needed. Yeah. Like and we did not tell them I taught the workshop and my <clears throat> uh, colleague and Sheeta actually out of uh, Cologne, too. She's like a, a pro comic who tours around mm -hmm. um, and we both taught it. And it wasn't like telling you what to do. It was more <laughs> like. How do you, you know, like start writing stuff down? More pussy jokes. We yeah, want to hear more exactly. pussy jokes. If you have not, you know, <laughs> written a joke about your period. Um, I'm need you. <laughs> Get out of here. The feminist agenda requires <laughs> that you do this. I, I, I wrote my whole thesis on this. Like it, it was called Women in Comedy. Awesome. And yeah, I, I interviewed uh, a bunch of comics like... Like Sarah Silverman answered my uh, questions and Amazing. stuff. About like why why fewer women do it and how was your experience and all that and it's it's really complicated but it actually makes a lot of sense like the characteristics you need to become a comic aren't encouraged in women when mm. they're young 100 percent. and then the environment you do comedy in it's bars it's late at night it's around a bunch of men and alcohol and <clears throat> women don't necessarily choose to be in that environment and it's just a male dominated scene and like it is in many fields. So, it, I don't know, it's, it's calm. It makes sense that less women are doing it, you know, like 
But we, we decided we wanted to build the scene that we wanted to see. And like if from that standpoint, it was really successful because now we have like this tap and, you know, and they're doing this mic all the time. And in a year, we'll be able to be on like shows, better shows with them. They right. have more experience. And now I don't have to be like the only woman in the lineup because there's many more women who are wanting to do it, too. Like, right. so I, you know, That's I guess great. that was a really a success story. I feel like I have seen like what you guys are talking about with predatory workshops that are trying yeah. to. Do they go you know, out of that scene, out of that yeah. mic? And so they, they go to other shows. Yes, other they mics. go to the other mics now and they go, you know, if they want to, they go in pairs or whatever. Right. So they won't be the only one there. Right. And now and there are dudes that come to the the Duchess's mm. mic, too. Mm-hmm. Like it's a really good crossover. Mm. And it's, you know, and now they feel like when you come at something as a producer, as well as a comedian, I feel like you actually come in as a higher status. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like I know for a fact mm-hmm. that some of the male comedians in Germany only give me the time of day because I run a successful show. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. if you if you have this behind you, it's much easier to walk in because everybody's yeah. be like, oh, she could book you. Like, yeah. you better, yeah, yeah. you know, if you're thinking that about her, you better not say it because you want to be on her show yeah. later. Yep. Like, yeah. I recommend, honestly, yeah. producing. Yes. Yeah, laugh a, at your jokes extra hard, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> laugh so all funny. the way to the bank. Give me a spot. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about Rabia's process. Uh, how is your writing process? Um, I would say, you know, I have two ways that jokes come to me. One is organically where I just think of something that's really funny and it's fully formed and I keep a notebook. I don't like to put it on my phone. I don't know why. It feels better to me to write it on paper and then I can cross it out. I don't know. It just feels more natural to yeah, write. I mean, I put notes, like just an idea and then I write. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Because I'm the same. Like I don't, it's, there's something about paper, right? Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. But and yeah. so, yeah, so sometimes, you know, a joke will come to me, but obviously that's the minority of the time that I think of a great joke that doesn't need anything else. And I just write it down. The <laughs> other part of it is that I'll have like a targeted thing that I want to do. I also am not one of those people who can write for an hour every day. Like only people like Jerry Seinfeld, who's like, has his life supported by money and his wife and everything like no I have to do all my uh, my other things too I'm not going to sit there and write for an hour but I'll be like okay I'm going to focus some time on this and I have some prompts that like like the funniest thing the stupidest thing the worst thing about and I like to um you know, I like to, to do something where I'm like, oh, I wish I had more jokes about money or I wish I had more jokes about Alaska or whatever I'm trying to like build out in my set. Um, I'll be like, I, and I'll be like, okay, what is the stupidest thing about money or what is this? You know, and I'll try to think and I'll write it down and I'll kind of brainstorm a little bit. And then I also like go back and look at the things that I've written before. That's great. I think more comics should do this, like thinking about a subject and try to tackle it down with more uh, jokes. Yeah. Well, so the funny thing is the angel writing gym, that's what that's the exercise they show you. Like so they're not telling you write a certain way, they're just mm-hmm. like, here's exercises that work. Yeah. For me. Yeah. And try it. So it's it's kinda like I think on the subject of the workshops, like the ones that tell you that they make the claim you'll be funny at the end of this. That's bullshit because no one can make you funny. You have to and make a lot of people well, are not funny. You're talking about the angel, but like, but like just going That's to an a, understatement. Yeah, a lot just, of people are not funny. That's the tagline <laughs> of this episode. Most people. <laughs> the workshop you're talking about is a writing workshop. And it's just, it's Which not is, like I you're... Which is, different co- than, yeah. but those like, comedy a performing, ones, yeah. That's yeah. true. That's and true. I did one of those. I did a six-week course. That's how I started. Yeah, yeah, you were saying. I didn't have the... I mean, I wanted to do it for almost 20 years. Mm. And I thought I was too fat. That was a big one. Oh, wow. I'm like, how can I go on stage and have people look at me? And then I thought, no one will think I'm funny. And I had all these things like that going on. Mm -hmm. So I just did it. So I learned one thing I learned, the most valuable thing, put the mic aside. 
the mic stand aside. Yeah, don't leave it in front of you. Don't leave the mic stand right in front of you. So many comics leave the mic stand in front of them, so everyone yeah. can look at the mic stand. But so I learned simple, that stuff like but that. They oversee it too but much. But yeah. I'll tell you, like, of the 12 people that were in the workshop, I think three of us are still doing comedy or something like that, right? Yeah. And so, but I think you're right because people would go in thinking, oh, now I'm going to be funny. Yeah. And then they would kind of exploit that. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy. And then, yeah, you, you hear feedback, but then it's like any feedback. I, I don't know about you as women, the two of you, but. For me, I've gotten plenty of unsolicited feedback. Oh, most, yeah. of, in most of the feedback I get is unsolicited. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, I think with all the feedback, you have to know, like, what to take on board and what to dismiss. Sure. Yeah. And, but, the, but the thing with, like, certain courses, the people place themselves and position themselves as someone in power, someone who's a yeah. gatekeeper, mm-hmm. someone who's, if you don't listen to me, you're not going to be successful. And mm. those kind of people are really scary to me. Yeah. yeah so I agree. But yeah, like the work, like the writing, like exercise, like Aaron talked about, are so valuable. Yes. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I feel like when we approached it as we were like, we would like, it was almost like a job training. Like, I wish I had coworkers, you know, like mm-hmm. I wish there were more women here to do this with. Mm-hmm. So please come and join me, you know. Mm-hmm. And the only kind of like performance feedback we gave were things like don't yank on the cord at the end of the, you know, like things that would break the mic yeah. or <laughs> like, you know, when you show the light, like get off. It costs like, money, people. Like, Everything yeah. costs Dude, money. Those were the kind comics of comics have such a problem with running the light. That doesn't surprise me based they, on what I've seen of Turkey so far. They running the light, man. They, they be running the light all the time. I hate it. Yeah, they're like little babies. You need to show the light every time. Every time. And then they're like, all right, that means I got five more minutes. <laughs> it's so rude. It is, it is, but like, you can get away with it here. Like yeah. in the States, people will talk about you. Yes. You know, they'll judge you to your face, behind your back. They won't book you next They won't time. book you. Yeah, yeah. here, they... No, no one will say anything, or even if they do, they're gonna get booked again because they're good enough, and there aren't any other comics. You That's the book, problem with a small know? scene. Like yeah. you have to tolerate behavior that wouldn't yeah. be. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was something that was new to me when I went from Estonia back to the U.S. Too. Like, not I didn't necessarily have those kind of bad habits because by nature I'm a little bit of an anxious person, so I would never <laughs> like take five more minutes because I'd be like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah. you know, in yeah, the the stuff that we tolerated in Estonia would like fly not at all yeah. <laughs> in the scene in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah English comedy scene in Istanbul is still still its baby steps like your first year in Estonia it's similar to that but in Turkey to give you a perspective maybe if you uh, get the total number of all the professional and semi-professional comics in all around Turkey it's it, it doesn't add up to 100 comics yeah wow. I was gonna say like 50 you know yeah I'm being generous today <laughs> <laughs> yeah inflation <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 200 comics next year. But even yeah, I more. think in total, like people who go up on stage, it's like 250, 300. Mm. Probably so. And but that's like count, open micers. You know? Yeah, but if you count all the people who di- did it for the one time, just for yes, their enjoyment. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yeah. But even if uh, people don't uh, plan to become a comic, like professionally, I would suggest everyone to try an open mm. mic once in their life. It's like the... Uh, cheapest bungee jumping you can get <laughs> like uh, adrenaline wise uh, it's the cheapest adrenaline you can get five minutes of stage time 
you feel closer to dead. I do not agree. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see all these people on stage. What are you it's thinking? It's a hard no for me. I do not. Yeah. Get away from here. Don't. Because then they're going to go up and they're going to think they're good. And then they're gonna... uh, you can't deal with more men? With more ego? No, yes. I cannot. <laughs> I'm good on that. <laughs> so, Erin, you talked about running a workshop. Any exercise that we can try right now? Oh. Um, <laughs> well, one of the things that I did, I don't know if we have like this stuff here, but like um, we talked about like writing a topical joke, like a joke that's about what, what's going on in the news right now. Mm. Um, and that is, first of all, a really good way to generate new material that you maybe won't keep using it, but it'll be good for like one, you know, a week or something. Yeah. And you can make, you know, make a joke based on a headline um, and it will keep you fresh and it'll keep your, your, you know, juices flowing about Weekend writing jokes. type jokes. Yeah, mm. exactly. Um, so, you know, like when the queen dies or something, then everyone automatically has a joke about the yeah. queen dying, mm -hmm. things like that. So I don't know. Do you guys have like something that happened in the news here that we could like riff on? I don't know. Or news I somewhere. I don't follow the news Not so yet. much. Um, How about you, Nidifer? Um, let me. I, I, I've been following um, celebrity gossip. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Turkish celebrity gossip. <laughs> uh, <laughs> While Nidifer is checking that about Queen Elizabeth. Uh, so it was so big an event and global. Everyone made a joke about that. No one cares about too soon anymore. <laughs> and the double-edged, double side, uh, downside of this is that uh, anything you come up with, I immediately think that somebody else uh, mm. already came up yeah. with this on Twitter. Probably I don't check it, but probably somebody else already said that. So I waited out. Then it's not relevant anymore to make a joke about the subject. I don't know. I never find a sweet spot about making yeah. jokes about news. Well, I like to like take like the more obscure news too. Do you know what I mean? Like if you have yeah. something, you'll be like, "Oh, did you know that?" You know, Brett. Like oh, we can talk about Elon Musk uh, oh buying Twitter, and he's going to have the people who have a blue tick pay like 20 bucks a month right. i think mm -hmm. right. uh, this Eight. lady demet akalın was really upset about it <laughs> she was like yok artık you know yeah, like a oh. turkish pop singer yeah turkish like trash pop singer uh, <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i would know who she is even if she paid twitter eight or twenty dollars a month yeah right oh I yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely not but I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Paying uh, twenty bucks a month to have a blue tick in your on your name. Oh, on Twitter. I think it devalues it. To be honest with you, I really do. I think it devalues it because that wasn't the point of it. The point of it wasn't. It was to show it was an authentic account, and that no, was really it, the person. You don't. It's not like you pay twenty bucks and you get a blue tick. It's like if you already have that blue tick, blue check mark, you have to pay twenty bucks now to keep it. To keep it, yeah. Wow, Elon Musk really needs some jet fuel. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if you if you if we all want to go to Mars as a society as human beings, <laughs> pay twenty bucks. Pay twenty bucks for your blue tick. It's gonna happen soon. <laughs> would you give it up? Like, if you had a blue tick, would you give up your blue tick so you wouldn't have to pay for it? I probably would. I would. Yeah, I, I, like, mean, I, I don't know. I don't feel like Elon Musk is like the best like <laughs> marketing person to follow. I mean, he gave his kid no. the name of a barcode or whatever. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not sure his ideas are all <laughs> all 100. <laughs> percent Yeah, I think he's I think he's solving the wrong problem this time. <laughs> yeah, know? what is next? Tattooing a QR code uh, on. On the forehead of his kid. <laughs> Which one is this? I have so many kids, I can't really. <laughs>
Yeah, I think a, Elon Musk thinks everyone has the same ego he does, I think, is the thing. And they yeah. probably don't. So Yeah. 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 It wasn't a proper headline. Sorry, that was yeah. the latest But no, that's, that's like one idea for riffing. And like if you mm-hmm. want to have something, and it's really good like if you're hosting, like um, now that I host my own show and I get a lot of the same people every month, so mm-hmm. I don't want to be telling the same jokes every time, right? Mm-hmm. So I have to think of something and sometimes it'll become like the week of the show and I'm like, oh no. You host it? <laughs> yeah, I host every month. Okay. Um, and uh, I'm like, oh no, I haven't written anything. Like, and it's gonna be the same dude in the front row. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and so I better like, you know, think of something. That's and a then good like, challenge though. So you have yeah. to. It really is. And so I'm mining, you know, like news and like mm-hmm. everything that I can think of that would help me, like, prompt me to think, think something new. Because sometimes you just look at your paper and you're like, I can't be funny. Like, how do I funny? And you mm-hmm. just, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so. So. Um, any aspired comedians that you... How, how did you start doing stand-up comedy anyways? Do you have any comedians that you look up to before you started? Like, before you even think about doing comedy, did you follow any comics and said, I, I want to do this one day? Any aspired comedians? So, this is... Uh, yeah, this is not um, politically correct anymore, but the very first special that I, like, <laughs> fell in love with was uh, yeah. Eddie Murphy's Raw. <laughs> yeah. why, I, is, why is Eddie Murphy not politically correct? Anymore? No, the, the special itself is, oh. like... It's super, uh, you know... Raw. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, and he's, you know, he's wearing, like, this red leather, like, yeah. outfit. And, like, I watched it again, and honestly, some of it still stands up really well. Yeah. And But we used to quote it to each other. Like, when I was a teenager, like, mm. me and my brother used to, like, say lines from it mm. and uh that was really like my first but i never thought like i could do that like i yeah. grew up in alaska and we didn't have any comedy clubs we didn't have anything there i lived in a village and i was like watching eddie murphy like wow like this is amazing <laughs> this is the most glamorous thing i've ever seen you know uh-huh. um but then when i got older i think the first person like sarah silverman was actually one of yeah. the initial uh comedians i watched where i was like hmm like that's you know it's maybe there is something and I feel like that just not to turn everything back to like women in comedy but like the more women there are the more you think about it the more if you're a funny person and you see someone who does that and you're like oh I could do that too in any industry in any field you see more women to look up to I mean my my mom's a huge feminist divorced single mom she gender studies she's a sociologist so I grew up in a really feminist home and I grew up watching a lot of comedy too and like the only lady I saw was Sarah Silverman and I was like this is something men do yeah mm-hmm. you know even I thought that <laughs> yes. so I, I you're right representation yeah yeah what about you uh David Letterman was the mm. person I just I adored I would record him every night and watch him like I would get up super early in the morning and watch him and that was more on his show and then I well so yeah so then Richard Pryor is someone I've watched <laughs> now my comedy is so it's almost clean mm-hmm. at this point and I think it's very different than me as a person. I think I'm more blue as a person than I am as a comedian. Mm. But um, just and now it's like more storyteller kind of people, mm-hmm. Mike Birbiglia and things like that. But I think the first person I saw that I, I really admired was David Letterman and just what he would do. And I loved it. And that's kind of one reason I even have a podcast so I can talk to people and have conversations. But him and Robin Williams, I'm nothing like him, <laughs> but he would crack me up. Like he was Did just you know amazing. Robin Williams stole a bunch of jokes. Like, he would steal jokes all the time. He would steal them. Like, he would hear a comic do it, and then he would do his joke, and then he would, like, try to pay them for it, or someone <laughs> would, like, tell him about it, and he'd be like, oh, like, oh, I got to do this. Like, isn't that so interesting? I had a... It was crazy, guys. I had this lady on a... I was on this contest 
it's the one I Aaron I told you I did the other week where I got two minutes and I just bombed and that was it. But like I did the contest before, and this woman I tell this one joke I didn't I didn't do it. You guys didn't hear it, but I tell this one joke, and it's fine. It's it works. It's I think it's funny. And um, she told me, oh I love that. I'm gonna use that. And I said uh. what? And then she legit in the next round told like used part of the joke in hers oh my god but it fell because it wasn't even her joke and she didn't do it well yeah but it was crazy to me that you told me you're gonna take my joke and you did it so i immediately when i got home that night i did a reel of that joke just so it'd be established in my 200 followers on instagram that i was the one who did the joke first (laughs) but it's so wild but this is the way now this is the new digital uh digital age way uh, if you want to establish that your joke is yours, yeah. you have to put a reel first. Yeah, and a friend... You would be does, the first one to put it. A friend does a joke, and I heard another comic do it, and I need to actually tell him. It just reminded me. But it's, like, funny. Yeah. But not funny. It's, like, so rude. It's so, yeah. so rude, yeah. Now, like, yeah. I'm so worried about, like, the parallel thought thing. Like, if I think yeah. of some joke that I think is really fire, like a really good one-liner or whatever, I Google it to make sure mm. someone else hasn't already mm. thought of it. Even though I thought of it, I didn't steal it. I'm just yeah. like, I don't want to be doing the same exact thing. Oh, that's thing. being extra careful. Well, you know, you don't want to be... Like, to me, it's it's so demeaning to mm-hmm. be seen as somebody who steals jokes. Yeah, like, even what you were saying about the queen, like, with the topical stuff, it's like... There, there's going to be certain things that are just common that everyone said. I posted a joke the other day, and then my friend wrote, oh, I've seen that before. I was like, that's fine. Right. Like, I was embarrassed, but then I thought, well, <laughs> I, I didn't know, so I just... Yeah, it was but it's all right. Even the greatest scientific discoveries had parallel thinking all around the world. Mm-hmm. It depends on how close it is, too. Like, yeah. you can have yeah. you can have two jokes that are on the same... Like, I have this joke that I do about feminist porn, <laughs> um, and I had uh, a guy on my show, and he also has a joke about feminist porn, but, like, they're yeah. completely... Which is a yeah, pretty yeah. random thing, but mm-hmm. there were different takes on the whole thing, mm-hmm. and it, we, you know, developed them in completely yeah. other circuits you know so it was yeah. fine even we did both the jokes on the same I, show i have a feminist porn joke you as really? well. yeah <laughs> see like there's I, like a yeah nikki glazer has a good uh, a respectful gangbang joke oh yeah <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> yeah robin yeah. williams probably would have been telling it now uh, yeah. <laughs> but you know like uh, when like comedy first started in like vaudeville and all that Everybody was doing each other's jokes. Everyone was ste- stealing jokes. Uh, no, like it was really difficult to keep yeah. track. Well, this Actually, is like the marvelous Mrs. Mabel, right? Ma- Ma- Mabel. Mabel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think well, you're she, right. Yeah, she she literally like it's the show starts with her husband doing this routine that is uh, literally word for word somebody else's routine. Well, that that happens a lot too. But like these people were like just stealing jokes and doing it like their own and blah, blah, blah. And then um, they there was like a union formed. So you would like write your joke, send it in as a letter. And then that would be like, that's now your joke officially. Wow. And you know, like the word, do you know where blue comes from? Like being blue in comedy? No. It's from like um, doing it in vaudeville and you would get a blue letter if your joke was like too, you know, racy. racy. Uh, That's where the... Ah, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. What does it mean being blue in comedy? So not kosher like Vulgar. sex jokes being uh, edgy being dirty uh, like doing dirty jokes dirty, dirty jokes. jokes or po- too political can be kind of blue if yeah. you're um, if you're in turkey yeah yes, yeah. <laughs> yes exactly yeah, or if you were Allah jokes <laughs> you know in the u.s joke in the u.s like there was a time too where 
um, they were the CIA would go after people. The Smothers Brothers spoke out against the war, oh, and they yeah. were taken mm -hmm. off air. Yep. You know, so yeah. I, I, I'm reading this book, The Comedian. Yes, yes. it's yes. so good. It is yeah. a good book. I read it yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Maron had the um, the author on, and it was excellent. And then I got the book. My friend actually gave it to me as a Christmas gift. What's the yeah. name of the book? The com The Comedians. The comedians. It's a that, that's where the I learned the term blue. Oh, I haven't read it, the book yet. So you're reading the book. I have the book. <laughs> the when I say yeah. I'm reading a book, it usually just means it's sitting there closed. <laughs> it's, it's all in the beginning. It's, it's reading so the cover over and over again. Yeah. That's how Pe I read books. People were like getting arrested left and right. Like, I like so. how she, no, it's just at the beginning. I'm like, no, literally. Now the book's actually, there's another book on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> Not even reading the cover anymore. That's good. No, that's interesting, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it, it's just. It's good to know how it all started, mm -hmm. you know. It's so interesting. The I mean, mob was, like, really involved yeah. in it. They, like, cut this dude's face because he, like, went up at a club that the other mob was in. So, like, three years he couldn't speak. And then he was able to speak again, but then he didn't snitch. So the mob who cut his face made him a star. It's so interesting. I've, yeah, I've been reading a lot of uh, books about like history of comedy. One of the really interesting ones I read recently was called uh, We Have a Little Real Estate Problem, and it was about Native Americans in comedy. Ah. And it was really interesting history. Um, you know, not every every chapter was about like a different kind of famous uh, Native American comedian. Mm -hmm. And like and it had like some people who are also like present day too, talking about what it's like to like be on the reservation and do like shows or mm. to go out. And, and it's, I actually recommend it. Like huh. it, it was a different. I've never we have a real estate problem. We have a real estate problem. We have a little real estate problem. That's what it was. Okay. Um, cool. And, you know, it's like a reference to obviously like the <laughs> settlement yeah. of the United States. But yeah. it was. Uh, yeah. Cool. Back into the IP stuff. We talked about uh, stealing jokes uh, or afraid of uh, being accused by, uh, by stealing jokes. Um, I want to say things about that. Uh, where does it start to steal jokes? I mean, we are talking tongues that we learn from our mothers we speak the same language so uh when do you really when can you really claim that it's stolen like mm. should it be over four words should it be over five words how do you how do you really uh, draw a line where the stealing starts where the knowledge ends i think punchline mm -hmm. punchline mm -hmm. yeah it's like the idea and the punchline is the same because i think like Stealing a premise is like well, like dating apps, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like premises uh, can be so yeah. general that mm -hmm. they can or yield like thousands. Jokes it's in not Turkey. even stealing; it's like engaging and uh, yeah. gaining new perspectives it's, it's when the you genre. read the book. <laughs> She's laughing that I said cab like, jokes and like taxi jokes, but yeah. taxi jokes is like yeah. I mean, it's not I really have that Uber stealing. Joke. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, or Uber jokes, yeah. you know. Yeah, but if like we are all human beings after all. Yeah. And you can do it inadvertently. Like, someone could just do it. Yeah, that's why I always Google. Yeah. If I think it's too good, I'm like, shit, did someone else think of this oh, first? Yeah. <laughs> like, if it's a bad premise, then I'm like, okay, it was probably me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why I felt, like, really comfortable doing stand-up in the States because I just felt so unique. Like, I, I'm do, I'm Turkish, I'm a lady, and I do, like, really blue, like, yeah. sex material. It's really difficult for a dude to go up and be like, I'm an immigrant on the streets, but a terrorist in the sheets. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, who, who's going to do that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I 
<laughs> I think there's some pressure, some pressure actually on women to be dirty in comedy. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just because like it, I think there's a pressure on us to be clean. Really? Cause, yeah, because I feel like everyone's like, oh, women always talk about their pussy. They're always talking about sex. I hear that comment from male yeah. comedians too yes. much. Yes. But I think that there hasn't been a lot of uh, uh, enough pussy jokes. We did a, a lot of <laughs> dick jokes for over <laughs> s- exactly. 70 years now. We exhausted the subject. That's what it now is. Now a woman is coming to comedy scene and doing pussy jokes is perfectly fine. But if you don't do them, there's like this weird feeling that you should because you'll what? get booked or you. Yeah. No, it's true. Yeah. I, like I, I feel. The scenes are just different. Yeah. Because like, yeah. I feel like I'm not dirty enough. As far as jokes go, what and is the seventies like... equivalent of uh, "Show me your boobs to get your job"? Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. like tell us a pussy joke to get a spot. <laughs> no, but it's I I don't know because like if you do certain shows, like I just feel that sometimes, I, like I think I write pretty well, and I'll ha- hear people laughing, but then people will say, "Oh, she's so funny," and she's the, she being the one who did all the jokes about blowjobs or something like that, and it's like, okay, well, I mean. I can talk about blowjobs too if you want me to. Um, <laughs> if you pay. If I if I you know I can talk I if, if I'm not busy you know giving. If you let me to... blow you, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll do yeah. Some joke. No, I think there's a little bit of shock. You can always grab some laughs with a shock value joke as opposed yeah. to yeah. like a joke that's like you know. But like I don't know. It depends on what you're comfortable with too. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. in the states, even I felt like uh, too dirty. Really? If you were a little more clean. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. Maybe, it, but it depends. So like. If you look at you're more blue and then I'm not, then maybe it's like a thing where I feel like I have to be and then you feel right. like, yeah, so yeah, it could yeah, be like maybe. that too. And then that's the whole thing where th- that is something women will hear, right? You yeah. have to be one or the other. Like you can't, like I'll do I'll do some jokes that are a little bit more blue when I want. Sometimes I don't want to or they're not going to fit in my set or whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think you feel like you have to be defined as something, you know, yeah. Yeah. and that's hard too because it's like, you can't just evolve as a as an artist or as a human or whatever your experience like that kind of thing. You need and to fit a mold that yeah. is the correct comic that you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And in Turkey, like it, um, it makes me less marketable when I'm that blue. Really? Yeah, because like they'll do big shows and. Yeah, you need to be extra, extra clean. Yes. Mm. To, if you want to be booked they want, for bigger They want to book me, but they can't because people will get upset. Interesting. Yeah. That I can see because there's like yeah. some shows, like even in the UK, they'll be like, we need clean yeah. only. It's and then I'll ask so what absurd. clean is. I had a, I was on a clean show in the in the US and I cleaned up stuff that I thought was already clean pretty much. And then this one guy was just super vulgar and I thought, what? And then they said, oh, well, the openers needed to be. And it didn't even make sense. And I'm like, and then it turned out I was the only one who had been told on the whole bill. Huh? Like they were worried about you. And I was <laughs> like, like this is weird. It. Yeah, you know, but it's it's a funny thing. But yeah, they'll they'll do that, like, say, schools and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. well, you know. cruise ships. And so, I mean, the, yeah. the, one of the ways, mm-hmm. the major ways in the States that you can make money is casinos and cruise ships. Oh, and I, I wanted I wish I could do a cruise ship. Ah, you know, I heard it's kind of a nightmare though because first know, of all, but you have like, so much time, right? So because sexy. it's the same people every night. Yep. And also, if somebody complains, like they can dock your pay, and there's all this kind of stuff. And also, you're trapped on the boat with all these people for like a week, right? Yeah. And you like. But if you make a joke, uh, people get sensitive about. Exactly. So you have yeah. to have really, really I heard not you just. You need clean. to have like an hour of clean, an hour of dirty. I've heard you have to have like three hours and oh, wow. at least two of them clean because you mm-hmm. have to be able to do full, you know, alternating days and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But 
you know, if you want to do that and you can make money like that, like I have a friend actually who's out of Stuttgart and uh, he has a couple of dry bar specials. Do you know dry bar? No. Dry bar is uh, a series of shows that's actually out of, I think, Utah, but it's clean, <laughs> it's clean comedy. They do hours of it, but the uh. people in it actually are pretty funny. Like they really do, you know, and like, again, to return to Jerry Seinfeld, like he said, like doing clean, funny comedy is hard Mm -hmm. and it's really right. You know, you have to do a lot of writing and everything for it. And so the dry bar comedy specials are really Mm -hmm. funny. Mm -hmm. And Banked goes out. His name is Bent. And uh, he would go out on these cruise ships and do it. And that's basically like how he makes a living now. Mm -hmm. Like and I, you know, I would aspire to something like that, at least as an option. Mm -hmm. Um, Once you have clean material, you can drag the same clean material out like anytime you need it. You know, like I made an effort. This was one of my resolutions last year was to write a really good clean 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then whenever people are like, oh, would you come to my school's graduation? Would you come to my wedding? Whatever you need to do, you could do it, you Mm -hmm. know, just Mm -hmm. with the same amount. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Loaded and ready to fire clean material. You should have it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You can. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think uh, we are uh, coming towards the end of our mm. podcast session. Thanks for uh, being here so much. And uh, any final words for our listeners, uh, how they can follow you, uh, maybe on Instagram? Uh, oh. Sure. Yeah, so I'm Rabia Comedy, so it's R-A-B-I-A-H Comedy. See, I'm already trying to change my last name. <laughs> and um, my podcast is at More Than Work Pod, so I'll just say both of those. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so uh, so I'm Aaron Crouch, and my Instagram is Aaron E R I N, and then an underscore ha 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 boohoo, <laughs> uh, and then my my Facebook comedy page is just ha 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 boohoo. <laughs> so you can find me there, um, yeah, and follow me around. I do I do shows not just in Germany and in the Netherlands, but you know I go up to as far as you know Sweden. I do shows all over Europe. So. That's great. It was great to meet you guys and uh, folks. Thanks for joining in here today. And until next time, take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.